119, the Word of God says, my life is constantly, constantly hanging in the balance. We're in this brand new series. Because here's what happened this week. This week, we're in this brand new series. It's just a phase. Come on, say that with me. It's just a phase. It's just a phase. Let me explain why we're starting this four-part series. Because this week, my amazing, lovely nephew with fur, Jacob, even dog Jacob, tore my gym shoes. He started with the laces, got bored, and quickly went to the source of the heel. Like Satan strikes you in the heel, Jacob loves the heel. And this is not normal. I could not work out anymore in this shoe, and I love these shoes. My favorite working out shoes. I believe I'm in incredible shape because of these shoes. Not, that's not true. I'm not in incredible shape. But I love these shoes, and in my anger and my frustration, counting the days to this dog leaves already. I know, and you haven't met him. It's terrible. Counting the days. I told my mom, which was a mistake. She's a dog lover. Doesn't see anything wrong in Jacob. She said, well, look at those eyes, and look how cute he is, and whatever. But the truth is, even the devil was an angel. So, that's just... Yeah, I know. But think about this. As I'm telling my mom about my gym shoes, I thought she would sympathize and feel sorry and, you know, pity party for one me. And she said something that caught my attention. I'm always listening to words, and she says something. Mom, you said something that she probably didn't know you said it. You said, don't worry about it. It's just a face. It's just a phase he's going through. Meaning, Jacob eventually will get saved and outgrow this phase of chewing shoes. He's already torn through sandals and shoelaces and my gym shoes. And the way that my mom said it, it was supposed to be a way of comforting me and understanding me. And she used the words, it's just a phase. To bring me comfort about my shoes, she said, it's just a phase. He will outgrow it. And when I heard that, something in me just said, oh, wait a minute. There's a message in that phrase. And I started praying and I got in my room and I said, Lord, what just happened? And I realized what the Lord was impressing on my heart. You know that God allows us to go through phases in life? Phases that we may not like, phases that we can't control, phases that we may disagree with God about that are uncomfortable and even unfair. And God allows us to go through these phases, but the way that God removes us from these uncomfortable phases is by us outgrowing them. And some of you are where you are, and you're stuck where you're stuck, and you're in the same phase of your life because you refuse to outgrow it. See, I believe that a lot of us have to grow up, we have to outgrow in order for God to move us to the next phase of our life. 
So maybe in these moments of life being hard and struggling and unfair and frustrating, maybe you're in a phase that God has put you in because he's trying to teach you and mold you and outgrow you to bless you. Can I get a witness today? You're in that phase right now that you don't understand why God is doing certain things and it seems unfair and it's hard and it hurts, but God gives us a source of comfort when he says it's just a phase, meaning what you're going through right now is not forever. What you're going through right now is just a season and the devil loves to lie to you and tell you where you're at. It's never going to change. This is your life. Get used to it. This is forever, and that's why so many of us run into discouragement, and we want to give up, and we get angry with God, because we realize we've been deceived into believing that a phase is a lifestyle. A phase is forever. But what if God says the thing you're calling forever is just a phase you're going to outgrow and get blessed by? So we're in this brand new series called... It's just a phase. Come on, help me preach this morning. Tell your neighbor, slap him and say, it's just a phase. It's just a phase. It's just a phase. Some parents say that when their kids are crazy. It's just a phase. What if God has put you in this phase for a reason? You're in a phase right now. Well, this month, we're going to talk about four phases God puts you through. Go back to Psalm 119-109. Let's talk about the first phase. My life constantly hangs in the balance. I will not stop obeying your instructions. What a phrase the psalmist wrote here. My life, constantly, meaning without a break, always, hangs in the balance. And that phrase, to hang in the balance, is defined in the dictionary as a critical situation and where you are uncertain about the future outcome. And maybe this morning, you feel like your life is constantly hanging in the balance. Maybe right now this morning at the sound of my voice, you're going through a situation where it is uncertain about what's going to happen and you don't know the outcome or how you're going to come out of this. You don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. You don't know the end of this story. You're just wondering what God is doing. It makes no sense. I'm lost. I'm confused. I can't figure things out. Maybe right now now you're in this situation that you can agree with and relate to with this writer of Psalms that your life right now feels like you're hanging in the balance. Why is it so difficult when God hands us in the balance? It's because of what the balance is and how it's defined. It's a critical situation, so you're telling God, this is critical. And it's uncertain. See, I believe that's where the frustration comes from. I believe that's where the pain, the anger, and the discouragement comes from. 
The fact that the situation right now has left you with unanswered questions. Uncertain. Meaning, I just don't know. How many of you, by a show of hands, can agree right now, there's some uncertainty in your life right now. At least one, name and just one you can think of. You raise your hand. Look at all around the room right now. Look around. Everyone, look around. You're not the only one. Everyone around you in the house of God this morning has an uncertainty. And it can be an uncertainty about their life. You have an uncertainty about your future. You have an uncertainty about a situation. Some parents here have an uncertainty about their child. Some children have uncertainty about their parents, believe it or not. There's just things happening in your life that you're just uncertain. You're saying things are critical. I just don't know the outcome, and that's what scares me. We have a fear of uncertainty. Uncertainty makes us feel like life is on the balance. And when life is on the balance, you just don't know what's going to happen. Why does God hang us on the balance? See, I believe that when you're on the balance, right now, when I was back there, I was calm, at peace, I was okay, confident. Now, I'm terrified. You may not see it, but things are a little bit uneasy. So my stress is up. My peace is gone. My joy has vanished. And now I am on a constant state of what if I fall? What if I lose balance? Does your life feel like that? Your peace is gone. Your joy has vanished. The devil has these constant thoughts in your mind. What if? Hey, what, what if it doesn't happen for you? What, what if you do die? What, what if you stay single? What if you never have that child? What if you don't get the job? But what if you lose the job? But but what if I lose the house? But but what if? And it feels like you're on the balance. That's why when you're standing on the balance, it's hard to enjoy life. It's hard to enjoy the blessings of God all around you because you're constantly thinking, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. What if, and what if, and what if. And a lot of people in the house of God this morning, I believe you came this morning, and it feels like life is hanging in the balance. And why is it so frustrating? Why is it that in the balance we get so angry with God. It's when we're in the balance that we lose our peace. We get discouraged. We go through depression. We lose faith. We lose hope. We have a life of misery and weariness and we get tired in the balance. I believe it's because when you're in the balance you just don't know. And when you're in the balance things are critical. And when things are critical it feels like God has forgotten you. And it feels like God has abandoned you. And God has left you behind. So there's a lot of us right now that feel like we're constantly in the balance. 
And you can't even live a life of peace. You can't live a life of joy. Because there are so many uncertainties. And I want to tell you one of the phases God puts you through is the phase of uncertainty. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. It's unfair. But I'm not God, and neither are you. I know that God is omniscient. I know that God is all-knowing. There is nothing about you God doesn't know. There's nothing about your future God is not aware of. There's nothing about my past that has left the mind of God. Let me tell you, God knows everything. You may be uncertain, but God is not. You may not know how, but God does. That's why the Bible says that God sits on the throne. He's not pacing back and forth. What are we going to do about this? I don't know what we're going to do. I can't figure this out. God is on the throne because he is sovereign above all things and he is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. But see, that's what gets me mad. Because there's verses in the Bible that get me mad. You're like, that's not very Christian. Well, neither are you. Listen. There are some verses in the Bible that get me frustrated. And when I'm going through a season of frustration, oddly enough, this is the verse that my pastor friends call me with and tell me. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I don't want to hear this verse. You want to know what the verse is? God says, for I know the plans. I have for you. Like, but Pastor, it's such a nice verse. I have it hanging on my door. I love it. Let me tell you why I hate that verse. Because when I read it, I say, Lord, I know that you know that you know, but why won't you let me know? Can I get a witness? Can I get some honest people in the house of God today? God says to the nation of Israel who need a comfort, and peace, I know the plans I have for you. But my carnal flesh says, yes, God, I believe you know the plans. I believe you have a plan. But if you know what I need, why won't you let me know? If you can just let me know, I could have peace. If you would just let me know, I can sleep at night. If you would just let me know, I can rest and have confidence and actually serve you better because I wouldn't have stress. I won't have fear. I won't have anxiety. I won't have doubt. I won't lose faith because if God will only let me know what he knows and I have the blueprint of my life, I wouldn't be afraid when something happens because I will know the outcome. But the problem is, God knows and he won't always reveal it to you and you won't always know the outcome. And I say, why God? Because then, if God will let you know everything, you wouldn't need God nor trust God. The reason that God leaves us blind and uncertain is because we need to lean on the one that does know. Who has a way out. Who has the outcome. But see, one of those first phases we go through in our lives is uncertainty. 
And that's why you're so hopeless. And you're stressed all the time. And discouraged. And even angry. Because when your life is on the balance, it doesn't seem fair. When God puts you here, let me give you four reasons why we hate when God hangs us in the balance. Number one, I believe it's because we want control. How many of you love control? Come on, show me your hands. You love control. You know that you love control, that when you're on the passenger side, you can't even enjoy the car ride because you're telling the driver everything. Dad. Control issues. We love control. There's something about control that gives us a sense of power and comfort. You see, God has not allowed us to possess control of our lives. When you surrendered your life to Jesus, you gave up that right. You're like, did I? Yes. When you surrendered your life to Jesus, you said in your heart, my life is out of control. So I'm putting you in control. When you don't have control, it feels like you're hanging in the balance. Because things are unstable, you want to make them stable. Things are not firm, but you want to have them firm. And in life, there are some outcomes you have no control over. And that's what scares you. There's nothing worse for a parent when they can't help their children. Because you love control. There's nothing worse than finding out there's a disease in your body you can't heal. Because you love control. There's nothing scarier when your boss calls you in and says, we have to lay you off. Because you love control. Control makes us feel like we're never on the balance. But when you lose control of your life, like some of you have, and there's some outcomes and situations you can do nothing about, it's when that is hanging in the balance. That's when you need to trust God. You're stressing out over something you have no control over. You're trying to fix something you can't fix. You're trying to figure something out you'll never figure out. Because God has designed it that way. There's peace in knowing. I have no control over this. Because when you acknowledge that, you're surrendering it to God. But as long as it's in your hands, it will never 
have the full potential that God has created it for. That's why many times in the scripture, people brought their sick to Jesus, and Jesus said, bring him to me. Oh, when the disciples had the basket, he said, give me the loaves. Could Jesus have not just done it without it in his hands? Could Jesus have not just healed them without that person in their hands? Yes. But he was testing their level of obedience and faith by letting it go. Because when you let it go, you're giving it up to God. And there's some situations in your life right now you have not let go. And that's why you have no peace. Because God is letting you know, if you don't let it go, I can't get to work. But you're saying, God, I love control. So God says, if you love control, then enjoy the balance. Enjoy living a life without peace, without joy and happiness. I hope you enjoy anger and frustration because that's what you're asking for when you choose not to let it go and realize there are some things you cannot control. That's why, number one, we hate it when God hangs us in the balance because when we're in the balance, God has full control. In the balance, you're saying, what if I fall? If you fall, God is still in control. But what if I tumble over? If you tumble over, God is still in control. But what if it can't hold me? If it can't hold you, God is still in control. Because no matter how out of control your life may be, God is always in control. But we want control. And that's why we hate it when God hands us in the balance. So I hope today you realize that if God has you in the balance where things are critical and you don't know the outcome, it's because that's a situation that only God can have control over. Whether it's your marriage, your children, your job, your finances, your health, any area of your life that's hanging in the balance is an area that can only be controlled by God. We'll give up control. Number two, we hate hanging in the balance. I believe because when you're hanging in the balance, it means that at any moment, things can go horribly wrong or not. At any second, I can fall or remain standing. And there's a level of stress and anxiety and fear and worry because you think right now, God, time's running out. And at any moment, everything can fall. Everything can come down. Everything can fail. Everything can get ruined. You see, when you're in the balance, it feels like time is short. But that's when you have to realize that even God is in control of your time. God knows how long you need to be in a certain season in your life. 
God knows how long you can endure a certain problem. God knows how long you can stay at a certain place. And because God knows the timing, sometimes when we're hanging in the balance, we hate it because at any moment, it's so critical. I can lose everything. That's why you ever feel like, I hear it all the time in counseling, Pastor, my marriage is in the balance. At any moment, that divorce is happening. At any second, you're walking out. At any moment, I'm walking out. And I don't know the outcome of this marriage, but, but it feels like tomorrow it's just going to fall apart. Pastor, my health is in the balance. And it feels like I'm not even going to wake up tomorrow. And it feels like I'm never going to heal from this. And at any moment, it's over for me. At any moment, the doctor's going to call with a bad report. My health is in the balance right now. Pastor, my children are in the balance right now. At any moment, I feel like they're just going to walk away from God, give up the faith, leave church. At any moment right now, they're going to rebel and do drugs and go off with that person. At any moment now, they're going to make a bad choice and ruin their life. God, I feel like everything in my life is in the balance. And I don't know right now I'm alive. And right now things are great, but I don't know what's going to happen on Monday. Maybe tomorrow everything's going to fall apart. My finances are in the balance, and at any moment I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose my light, my water, my gas, my electricity, my finances are in the balance. Everything in my life is in the balance. Even my relationship with God is in the balance. I feel like at any moment, I'm just going to give up on God. I'm going to walk away from the church. I'm going to quit the ministry. I'm going to leave the people in the fellowship of God. I'm going to stop reading my Bible. I don't know what to believe anymore. My faith is in the balance. Come on. How many things in your life can you say right now are in the balance? You say, God, it's hard. And you know why it's so hard when we're in the balance? Because reality hits you. That thing can go wrong. I think that when you're in the balance, optimism dies. And reality hits you. I could die from this. Reality hits you. I can go broke from this. I can get divorced from this. Reality hits you. I can be disappointed and fail and everything can go wrong. And that's why we hate it when God hands us in the balance because reality hits you that life is harder than what you made it out to be. And it's real right now. I didn't understand that term. But sometimes I talk to people going through so much. I say, hey, how you doing? They just say, it's real. Oh, it's real. And I'm thinking, real what? Real. And now I get it. Reality hits you. Everything can be gone. That's why I don't understand why God hangs us in the balance. It's a phase of uncertainty that you're going through right now. 
So we hate uncertainty because, first, it doesn't allow me to have control. Second, it paints a picture of reality of how bad things really are. And third, and I believe it's one of my reasons I struggle with uncertainty, is that there's no closure. Because you're in the balance, you don't know if it's going to fail or work. You don't know if it's going to go right or wrong. You don't know if it's going to happen or not. And that's why we hate when God hands us in the balance. Because I believe that God will give us closure. There'd be certain things we'd stop praying for. God, just let me know. See, if God will give me closure, there are certain things I will stop praying for. There are certain things I will stop hoping for. There are some things I'm going to stop dreaming about and other things I'm going to stop believing for because if God will just let me know, hey, David, what? It ain't happening. Real? Yeah, real. But I got something else for you. See, if God will give us closure, we can move on. But when you're in the balance, there's no closure. So you don't know if you're going to make it or not. You don't know if you're going to succeed or fail. So you're left hanging there wondering. So as you're left hanging, you keep praying. You keep believing. You keep asking God for it. You keep saying, God, please. God, please. God, give me. God, do it. And as long as you're in the balance, you have this uncertainty. But if God removes all uncertainty and tells you no or yes, then you can change a few prayers and a few petitions and stop asking for certain things and change certain desires. Is that making sense this morning? If God will give us closure, we can move on. That's why I love it when God tells Joshua, hey, yeah, Moses is dead. So stop thinking he's going to come back. Stop thinking I'm going to raise him from the dead. He dead. Move on. That's why when David's child died, it was tragic, but it was also a blessing. Because David kept fasting, kept praying, he kept believing that God was going to raise his child and heal him of his disease, and then God just let the child die and let David know he's not coming back. So David was able to get up, clean himself up, and go back to worship. And he moved on because God gave him closure. I thought about Paul. The Bible says he was in a ship in the middle of a hurricane, and an angel showed up and said, Hey, Paul, yeah, don't worry. You're not going to die from this. You're going to make it to Rome. So the whole time, everyone in the boat is like, ah, we're going to die. And Paul is like, what a nice cruise. Because he knew he wasn't going to die. Wouldn't it be better for God to let us know that the answer is no or yes? But God doesn't always give us closure. In the balance. Like, God, just let me know if I'm just going to stay single because I'm going to stop asking for Mr. and Mrs. Right. 
and I'll just focus on you. But I'm tired of watching Hallmark and all these couples and, and being jealous all the time and being alone and back. And I'm tired of praying for the right one to come by. Lord, if the answer is no, let me know. And God says, oh, I'll just leave you hanging. There's some parents that say, Lord, let us know if we're not going to have a child. Let us know so that we can stop dreaming about that day we're walking in the park with a stroller. Let us know so that every time I see a baby, I stop telling my wife, can you wait, can you imagine one day? Let us know if it's not going to happen so I can stop praying for it and stop hoping and believing and getting disappointed for it. God, just let me know if the answer is no. And God says, I'll leave you hanging. Let me know if I'm going to keep dreaming about this and believing for this dream, Lord. And God says, no, I'm going to leave you hanging. Why does God leave us hanging? Because we have no control. And I want you to keep trusting. My favorite closure, God leaves me hanging about my enemies. I say, God, I need to know, are you going to kill him or what? <laughs> no, I want to be their front row and center when you finally get it to them. I need to know if they're going to suffer for what they did to me. Don't act like I'm crazy and the only one. Don't act all spiritual now. Come on. And God says, I'll leave you hanging. You may not ever see it. You won't even know if it ever happened. You know what you are going to know? What, Lord? That they're still living fine, they're happy, they're blessed. Look at their Facebook. They're happy. <laughs> You're miserable. I'm going to leave you hanging. And we want God to give us closure. Because we want to move on. Change our desires, change our prayers. But God says no. I'm going to leave you hanging. No closure. Some people in the Bible got closure. Other people didn't. I love Joseph. He's in jail. He got beat up, tore up, chained up. In the end, he got blessed. But this is one part in the Bible I don't understand that I will ask God. I say, hey, tell me what happened to Potiphar's wife. She's the reason all of this got messed up. And the Bible never says she got locked up too. The Bible doesn't say she got punished too. She probably continued her life. Never got any closure about Potiphar's wife. That bothers me all the time. Elijah never got closure. He said, Lord, I believe and I, and I, I want 14 major miracles in my life. And God promised him 14 major miracles. And when you read the story of Elijah, you read them 1 through 13 and he dies. And it's while he's dead that someone dropped a dead body on his dead body and he resurrected. Not Elijah, the dead man, the other one. And that's another miracle, isn't it? So that's miracle number 14. And we say, wow! But here's what I say. But why didn't Elijah see it? No closure. John the Baptist in prison. Hey, disciples, what? Is Jesus the one? Because things are pretty bad over here. You ever feel like telling God that? I'm losing my mind and I'm about to lose my head. 
Jesus died on the cross. He resurrected. Proving he was the God. He was the risen one, the Messiah. But guess what? John the Baptist never saw it. No closure. Could you trust God when there's no closure in your life? It makes no sense when God is in this phase of putting us through uncertainty. God won't let us know. He keeps us hanging in the balance. Which leads us to my last one, number four. Why we hate when God hangs us in the balance. It's because, God, it feels like you've just left me hanging. To be left hanging means to feel forgotten, abandoned, and rejected. And I wonder how many of you are honest enough with yourself and God to say, Lord, it sure does feel like lately you've forgotten me. It feels like you've abandoned me. And you've left me hanging in the balance. So many people feel forgotten by God. Feels like God doesn't forget anyone else. But he forgot me. I feel like the Spirit of Oprah Winfrey came on God and gave everything, everyone to everyone. You get this and you get that, but not me. What about me, God? You've left me hanging. And it feels like, God, you've just ignored me. You know how many people in the Bible were so blessed? And they saw the greatest miracles of God. But before God did that, he left them hanging. You want to think about Daniel, who served God faithfully, who never compromised his convictions when the whole world went the other way to ungodly pagan worship. Daniel said, I'm going to stay true and faithful and obedient to God. How do you like that? And they threw the guy in jail. And then they threw him in the lion's den. And it was in that lion's den that God never showed up and said, don't worry, you're going to get out of this. Daniel was left all night not knowing, uncertain, hanging in the balance. Are these kitty kitties going to bite me? Are these lions crazy or not? Why is he licking his mouth? Why are you looking at me like that? God, where are you? What was that? You know, we want to pretend that Daniel was in the lion's den. Oh, God, is awesome. No, I'm sure Daniel was human. And he's like, and he was afraid. And he's like, God, I obeyed you. I trusted you. I was faithful. I was loyal. I didn't compromise. And in that lion's den, when his life is hanging in the balance, he felt forgotten by God. He could have said, hey, get me up. Don't worry. I won't pray anymore. Hey, get me up. I'm going to leave God behind. Clearly, he's left me behind. No, Daniel said, I may die in this pit, but I'm I'm going to die with my convictions. I'm going to die with my integrity. I'm going to die pleasing God. And God blessed him. 
talk about two crazy ladies in the Bible, widows, two widows. One of the widows tells Elijah, hey, you know my husband feared God. This is the lady that the creditor was knocking on her door. You know those phone calls you know to ignore? I know who this is. They're knocking at the door. She doesn't know how she's going to pay her debt off. And she reminds Elijah, hey, my husband feared God, meaning this is a God-fearing home. We love God. We serve God. And look at what he's done. And she felt like God has left her hanging. You think about Jairus' daughter who was sick. And Jairus came to Jesus and said, heal my daughter. And he had faith. And he brought the, the request to Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going over right now. Let's go heal her. And he was like, yes, yes, I did it. And she's on the way. And he's on the way to heal the daughter. Everything's great. And some crazy girl just walks in and says, Jesus, I've been bleeding for 12 years. Can you help me? And Jesus is like, all right. Left. He left Jairus hanging. Reading the Bible. Left the guy hanging. To help someone else. And that's what you feel like, man. I feel like God's helping everyone else out. He's left me hanging. But Jesus blessed him and healed her anyway because God says, He who began a good work will finish it to completion. Disciples in the storm, they felt like Jesus left them hanging twice. First time, crazy storm, ah, crazy, where's Jesus? <sighs> Sleeping. Second time, where's Jesus? Is he sleeping? And Peter's like, he ain't even here. That's the manning. What about Hosea? He was single, and then God says, hey, I have a wife for you. She's a little ratchet. She's a little hood. But um, she's the one. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm getting married, boys. Seems like a day later, she's off back on the streets. Because you can get a girl off the streets, but you can't get the street off the girl. And she cheated on him. And he's like, well, God, you really know how to pick them. Left me hanging. God says, and I'll close with this. Hebrews 13, 15. If you're in a place of uncertainty, God says, never. Say it with me. Never, never, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That word leave literally translates into Greek to give up. I don't care who you are, God is not giving up on you. That's why you're in this church right now. And then God said, I will never forsake you. It means to turn your back on and abandon. To 
God says, hey, even though I've left you hanging, I haven't given up on you. Even though I've left you hanging, I haven't abandoned you yet. I know your life is in the balance, and that is in the balance, and everything else is in the balance, and you're scared and nervous and stressed and anxious, but no matter what, never, never, never am I going to give up and abandon you. I'm here with you. You just got to trust me when you're in the balance. When you're in the phase of uncertainty, God will never forsake you. You know, this is crazy what I'm about to tell you. You guys ready? There's only one person in the Bible that could ever say God has left me hanging and has forsaken me and his name is Jesus Christ who was left hanging on the cross and in that moment he because you know what when you feel like God has left you hanging you know what Jesus says to you I've been there. Because God, Jesus knows the feeling of being left to hang by God. So when you tell God, Jesus, I feel like you've left me hanging, Jesus says, I've been there. And only Jesus can say, God, forsake him. When God forsook him in that cross, said why because that's the only reaction in our humanity we have you want to know why God did this and why God's allowing this and God this makes no sense but read it in the story when Jesus asked why God never answered him because God can answer all your questions and it's not going to stop the fact that you're going through what you're going through God can let you know, but it's never going to change your anxiety, your fear, and your depression. So when Jesus didn't get the answer, because when sin came on Jesus, and God turned his back and left him hanging, he said, why? And got no answer. And the next thing he said, blows my mind. Into your hands I commit my spirit. That word commit means to entrust. Because when God has left you hanging and God has not given you answers, the next thing you got to do in this phase and say, Lord, I don't know why, but I'm entrusting it to you. I commit to you my life, my future, my kids, my spouse, my children, my fear, everything. I entrust this on you. And God continued to work in the life of Jesus even while he was gone. Brought him back from the dead. Because God will never leave you nor forsake you. So you're in this place right now, you're in a place of uncertainty. You say, Pastor, what do I do in this phase of uncertainty? Because it feels like God has left me hanging. 
and I don't know what to do. The psalmist in verse 109, our opening verse, tells us, my life constantly hangs in the balance. Because I'm going to tell you right now, as long as you're alive, which you are, and on this earth, which you are, and as long as you remain to be human, which you will be, your life will always, constantly hang in the balance. Praise Jesus, Pastor. Thanks for that encouragement. Why does God leave us hanging in the balance? Uncertainty. Why does God leave us with uncertainty? That phase of uncertainty. It's because the psalmist figured it out. But I will not stop obeying your instruction. When God leaves you hanging in the balance, it's only a test of obedience. You want you want to know what to do when life is hanging in the balance? You obey God. You keep obeying Him. But, but I don't know, and things are uncertain. Yeah, but can you obey Him? Could you trust and obey and trust and obey? Isn't that what Jesus did when he was left hanging on the cross and forsaken by God? He entrusted to God and he was in obedience to God the Father in submission and authority. If we can figure out what Jesus was trying to teach us on that cross, if you can just entrust it to me and surrender to my authority and leave me with it and obey me. If you can just trust and obey you'll see me work Daniel trusted and obeyed God never compromised and God delivered him the two widows entrusted and God and one widow was told go out into the neighborhood and collect every part you can that's crazy yes but will you trust him Another widow was there, broke, empty, hungry, and God spoke to her and said, a man's going to come into your life, and I want you to feed him. Isn't that crazy that when you're in need, God tests you to meet the need of someone else, and you say, well, what about me? And God says, first, you take care of them, and I'll take care of you. She trusted and obeyed and got her miracle. Hosea didn't want to know what you're going to do with his wife, Gomer. She's back out in the street. She left me. My marriage is over. And God says, do you trust me? Yes. Will you obey me? Yes. Go back. Bring her back. Work with her. Love her. Treat her kind. Respect her. Love her like she doesn't deserve. Because if you're struggling in your marriage right now and it's hanging in the balance, trust God and obey. Keep the marriage alive by being obedient to the word of God as it relates to marriage. Treat her kindly. Submit. Love one another. Whoever you are, let's all stand. Let's pray today. You're saying, with every head bow, every eye closed. Come on, yeah, you give God praise today. You're hanging in the balance. 
going to lead you in two prayers today. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I'm in the balance right now. My life is critical. There's so many uncertainties and I'm scared. You could just tell God the truth. Lord, I'm scared. But I will entrust my life to you. And I will obey you. If that's you right now and you're saying to God, Lord, tell the Lord right now in your heart what's hanging in the balance. What is it? Is it your dreams, your future, your children, your marriage, your finances, your health? What's critical? Come on, let's just ask God like that. What's critical? You just don't know if you're going to make it. Would you entrust that to God today? In your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, Father, I pray for every person here. Whatever's hanging in the balance, may they entrust it to you. You've left us hanging for a reason. And as you put us through this phase of uncertainty, it's just a test of obedience. So, Father, we may never get closure. We will never have control. And reality has hit us that what we're going through is real. But you are still sovereign. You're still in control. And we entrust it to you. Right now, if that's you, you raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm entrusting this to you. Give God your hand right now. And if you're here right now today, I want to tell you without you leaving this room, Jesus Christ hung on that cross and the Lord forsook him so that God would not forsake you. And on that cross, Jesus paid a price that you and I deserved. Don't you leave this church today without giving your life to Jesus, surrendering to him, who hung on that cross for you. He did so much for you just to walk out on that opportunity. So I want to leave you with this opportunity today. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus, you put that hand up today. God bless you. All around the room, we pray this with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, you hung on that cross and you died for my sins. And you rose again and I believe this. Today I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins as I repent and now entrust myself to you. Save me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this church service. Thank you for this word. Father, as you enter this phase in our lives of uncertainty, we trust you. We believe in you. Bless this series as we continue on next week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Next week, our second part of our series, Don't Miss.